0: Podcast. Diving diving deep, deep diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field, here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean the- McClain.
1: W- w- welcome, welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in. It is a Thursday edition of the Utopia Football Podcast. Sadly, no Texans game to preview. Their season is over, but we've got some Texans news that we'll dig into here on the program. And obviously... Uh, Two conference title games this weekend, a little for real or fugazi to go around the NFL. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Joined, as always, by my good friend, the Hall of Famer and our senior columnist, SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. And, John, I guess – well, first, this feels – I feel a little naked, John, with no six-pack on the agenda today for the first time in about four or five months. uh... It does
0: feel – yes, it does feel strange. But we got two – Great games coming up this weekend to determine who's going to the Super Bowl with all you guys from Sports Radio 610 are going to do the shows. That'll be great Have have you guys out there going live with a bunch of incredible interviews. And I can't wait to see who it is uh, on Sunday night. We'll know.
1: Yeah, we'll know by Sunday night. Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm big, by the way, John mentions that. I know a lot of crossover between this podcast and Sports Radio 610. We are going to the Super Bowl. Um, As I mentioned the sponsors, I will say we're going to the big game because you got to be careful about that. But sending us to the big game in Radio Row are Yingling Flight, my peeps at Yingling Flight, and then the good folks at the Low T Center. So we thank them for sending us there. We'll be out there February 5th through the 9th all week long, taking you up to the big game. And I would imagine, John, before we get into some of this news here, this is probably a Radio Row where the Texans will be as big a a news item or at least a talking point as they've been – I don't know, maybe, well, probably, sadly, probably since Deshaun Watson, but as far as, like, being a talking point for actually being a relevant, good football team, this will be the first time in several years I would imagine there'll be some Texans floating around Radio Row, but I would imagine also there'll be a big topic around Radio
0: Row. I'm guessing that CJ Stroud will have some kind of sponsor deal where he makes the rounds with everybody he should. Don't know about Will Anderson Jr. or any of the other players, but certainly Stroud. And anybody you guys interview is going to have an interview, I mean, a, an opinion about the Texans, and it's going to be positive. So it's a great time to be on Radio Road talking Texans, considering the incredible accomplishment they had in D'Amico Ryan's his first season.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, So let's get into some of the news, John. And I guess as you and I are speaking right now, I don't know if Bobby Sloak is actually in his second interview with the Atlanta Falcons, but he's scheduled to have one today, Thursday, with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, So there's still four openings. We'll talk about Jim Harbaugh here shortly taking the Chargers job. But Seattle, Washington, Atlanta, Carolina, these are all teams that have requested permission to interview and have interviewed, I would guess, Bobby Sloak, at least over Zoom. Falcons with a second interview, and, um, and then there's Gerard Johnson who uh, has the Saints, the Browns, and the Eagles all wanting to look at him for the offensive coordinator position. We'll, we'll get to Gerard Johnson in a second, John, but um, as far as Bobby Slowick goes, any developments here over the last few days, him getting a second interview in Atlanta? that has changed or altered or at least affected your opinion. I know your opinion has been, you expect him to come back for a second year for a little more seasoning.
0: I think he should. I don't think he's ready to be head coach to cause plays and he's interviewed twice or will interview a second time with Washington and Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I see people like, Oh my God, he's meeting with Arthur blank. Every in-person interview includes the owner. Yeah. Give me a break. People are like, Oh, he's going to Atlanta and he may go to Atlanta, but all the owners are involved in the, in the Zoom interviews as well as the in-person interviews. And all those teams have a lot of guys They either have interviewed twice or have requested. You know, the key is, do they want to wait till next week? Do they want to pull the trigger now? And if Bobby Slowick gets the job, good for him. He's worked hard to get it. But if he doesn't and he comes back, that'll be great for the Texans.
1: Yeah. I'm just, just in, in my mind, John, I mean, I've looked at plenty of lists Atlanta's interviewing. It feels like Atlanta's interviewing every 14 candidates. Yeah. So, so all you got to do is go to Atlanta's list of interview candidates to kind of cobble together a power ranking. Um, There's four openings still left. And that's my biggest question with Bobby Sloak isn't, would he take a job? It's it. Will he get offered a job? Because Ben Johnson is still out there. I think Ben Johnson is viewed. If you're going to go for an offensive coordinator, play caller, head coach, it feels like he's further up the pecking order than Bobby Sloak just based on experience, if nothing else. Now maybe some team interviews Bobby Sloak and just likes his vibe better than Ben Johnson. But if we're just looking at this sort of in a vacuum based on, you know, subjective power rankings, it feels like Ben Johnson is generally speaking higher up the board. Bill Belichick is almost his own animal at this point. You know, he's, he's on a separate plane. Like if you're hiring Belichick, you're not looking through the same lens as if you're hiring Bobby Slowick. You know, you're hiring Belichick um, as a big name hire. Who, who are some of the other ones, John, that, that you feel like, uh, like at the coordinator level? Because I think Belichick – I don't know if Pete Carroll's getting a job this time around, but Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick are the two, like, big Super Bowl winning coach names. Vrabel is still out there. Ben Johnson – who are some of the other names that you feel like, if 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 people were just sort of putting a ranking together of head coaching candidates, would be around or maybe even above Bobby Slowick?
0: I wonder if uh, Bill Belichick, if he's insulted that the Falcons are interviewing thirteen other people. Um, it seems to me if they were going to hire him, they would have done it. And there are issues there that would get in his way. There's a GM Terry Fontenot. There's a president who was a GM, Rich McKay, mm-hmm. and uh, so. The uh, line of communication to Arthur Blank or the, or the uh, power structure, because Belichick's used to having the power over every single thing in the organization. I don't think anybody's going to give it to him because looking at his offense, what he's done offensively since Nick Casario left, they've been awful. And uh, I don't, uh, I'm just guessing if he were going to get it, he would have already gotten it so he could start hiring coaches. You know, Ben Johnson has, if you talk to Ben Johnson, he's got a great running game, 2,000-yard rushers, great passing game, where Bobby Slug will have to have a good explanation about why his running game was so bad. And yeah. he can talk about injuries up front, but he doesn't have the track record uh, passing and running that the others do. But you mentioned a vibe. It could be that Bobby Slowick gets in there and blows him away, with his personality, the fact he's been on defense and offense are very, very important to an owner, I'm guessing, because there's no other candidate that's done that. Of course, he grew up with his dad, a defensive coordinator with four teams. So Bobby's got a lot to offer. I just think he needs a second season, as did D'Amico Ryans and Ben Johnson, who interviewed with the Texans last year. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the of the Ravens, has done an incredible job. With that defense. He doesn't have a lot of players that you go, whoa. He got two good inside linebackers. He got a corner in Humphrey. And and but he has done a tremendous job. I would want to talk to him. I'd want to talk to Ben Johnson. Aaron Glenn's gotten a lot of interviews, defensive coordinator for the Lions. And um Kyle Shanahan, I don't think, has got to worry about losing a coach this year. I think Mike Vrabel's gonna get one of those jobs you know despite having bad records the last two years when anybody that looks at it can see the lack of talent and the injuries firing a gm in the middle of the season last last see in 2022 but uh, i think Vrabel's going to get a job pete carroll's not getting any interviews that we know of they said that he is trying to get interviews but and he's the youngest you know, Pete Carroll bounds up and down the sideline. He's got the – he's 72 and the energy of a 32-year-old. So, mm-hmm. I would at least interview Pete Carroll. He's won national championships at both, le- both levels, at uh, as Jim Harbaugh is going to try to do.
1: Yeah, I am um, – that's why I think, John, there's only four job openings right now. And as you just said, Mike Vrabel, I think, is going to get one ahead of Bobby Slowick. I think Ben Johnson's going to get – Ben Johnson, I think, like is the same ilk as Bobby Sloak So like even within that, that bucket of offensive coordinators, barring a big upset. So you're not, now you're down to two jobs. And if one of them's Carolina, I wouldn't take that one. If I were Bobby probably, no. you know, so, no. so it's, so, you know, so we're starting to get down to it now with Sloick. I, I think there's just as good a chance. He doesn't get offered a job as there is that he kind of pulls his name out of the hat or pulls his name out of the, his hat out of the ring, so to speak. Um, But um so that's Slowick, Gerard Johnson, John. We we've talked about Cleveland, where he's interviewed for the OC job. He wouldn't get to call plays there. New Orleans, where he would be uh, the coordinator for an offense quarterbacked by Coach Killer Derek Carr and Dennis Allen, who's is the head coach, whose coaching career might get killed by Derek Carr. The Philadelphia one is interesting. That just came up in the last twenty four hours. I don't know how much of the press conference that you saw with Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, the coach there, and and Howie Roseman, the GM in Philadelphia, that's another one, John. That's almost like the Dennis Allen thing to me. I don't know that I would be hitching my wagon to Nick Sirianni's star right now.
0: The thing is, if say Slowick leaves, would Gerard be the offensive quarter and the play caller coordinator and the play caller? Remember, he's only been a full time quarterback coach one year. He 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 was an assistant coach in quality control. He had the Bill Walsh uh, fellowship. And so that got him into the business with the 49ers and 17, where he met D'Amico and Slowick and Kyle Shanahan. And uh, I don't know that Gerard's ready. He may be. And uh, so if he stays here and Bobby Slowick leaves next year, then he might be more inclined to be elevated. And maybe D'Amico loves him, thinks he's worth. He's he could handle that role right now. And if say both of them were to leave, I'd call 49ers Clint Kubiak. And I'd say, Hey, Clint, you want to come back home? And, uh, but there'd be a lot of options. Think about Ben Johnson. When he interviewed with the McNair's and Casario last year, they said he was outstanding Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't have hired him because they wanted D'Amico. But he, he said, I need another year. And he went back and I think is pretty wise. And, uh, because he's from North Carolina, they just think he's going to go there. But, you know, he would he work for David Tepper? Would Mike Vrabel, who has a strong personality, work for David Tepper? I I think it's more like a guy like Pete Carroll would be a great guy for David Tepper because he's not going to get another job. And uh, but uh, that to me, that's the mystery: who wants to work for David Tepper, a young, hungry coordinator who's worried he's not going to get another chance? Or a guy who's been in the league forever and uh, says, "Hey, it's my last rodeo. Why not the Panthers?"
1: Boy, what a nightmare, though! Like if you're Bryce Young, you know what I mean. If Ooh. they bring in, they bring in, and Pete Carroll's a good coach, obviously. But you're bringing in Pete Carroll, who brings in who knows who to be your offensive coordinator. You know, like if, like Ben Johnson signing up to go to Carolina would be the greatest thing that ever happened to Bryce Young, offensive <laughs> head coach. Yes, who, you mentioned architected a really good offense for the Detroit Lions. You bring in retread Pete Carroll, which is what he would be at this point in his career. He's far removed from having great success in the NFL. He did a decent job in Seattle the last few years considering, um, oh, okay, here we go. We'll just look, look down below. We got some breaking news. All right, we don't need to worry about this Panthers job. Former Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales hired as Panthers head coach just as we speak here on the Utopia Football Podcast. So, John. There's your answer. Canale is not a huge name in this job cycle here. Did a good job with Baker Mayfield this year. And that that Tampa Bay offense, we saw it firsthand here at NRG Stadium. Did a great job of moving the ball in that game for sure. Um, He is, I think, (laughs) maybe fits the description you just gave 30 seconds ago. An offensive coordinator who feels like I might not get another bite at the apple here. I got to go take this Carolina money and see what can happen with Bryce Young. What do you think of that hire?
0: Canales, I don't know when he was in Seattle all those years if he was a coordinator and then the Bucs gave him his first chance. He did a tremendous job. I'm always worried that if you are, if you hire a guy it's only been in his position one year, but he got to call plays. I'm assuming he'll call plays there. And I, based on the work he did in Seattle, he worked with Russell Wilson for years. He worked with uh, Geno Smith. And everybody loves his personality, and he got the best out of Baker Mayfield. So I think it could be great for Bryce Young, great for him. But, man, you got a first-time head coach who's only been a coordinator one year. You think David Tepper's not going to be trying to influence him and tell him what to do every now and then? So, But, hey, it's great. It should be great for Bryce Young. And you know they were going after an offensive guy.
1: Yeah, that's about as good as Bryce Young could expect to do, I think. You know, yes. a hot coordinator name who's had recent success. Uh, recent success, John, rehabilitating the career of a former number one overall pick. An undersized former number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield. He's doing the same thing now with an even more undersized one and more yeah. recent number one overall pick in Bryce Young.
0: And with Geno Smith.
1: And Geno Smith as well, yeah. So this is uh, – He's good with the reclamation projects. That's uh, probably and probably about as good as Carolina could expect to do, I would imagine. Right. I mean, that's not a retread. It's got a little pizzazz to it. So there you go. All right. So so now we're down to three. You know, now we're down to Washington, Atlanta and Seattle as the three openings. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, I'm going to push Harbaugh and Will Anderson down to for real or fugazi, John, which we'll do in just a minute here. But before we get into that, let's get into our. Conference title predictions, conference title game analysis. Sadly, no Houston Texans. Once again, uh, no Texans in the uh, – no Texans are not playing in the conference championship game, I should say. Um, They lose to the Ravens last week. So it's the Ravens and the Chiefs. So why don't we start there, John, in the AFC. The Ravens are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City playing their second road game during the Patrick Mahomes era in the playoffs. Um, 1-0 and on the road right now after going and beating Buffalo in Buffalo last week. What are your thoughts on this one, John?
0: I thought the Bills were going to win that game. Patrick Mahomes did great. There were some bad coaching decisions by both coaches, Andy Reid and Sean McDermott, especially down the stretch. And I'm guessing McCole Hardman's not touching the ball on a running play uh, <laughs> because he had touched the ball twice and fumbled both times. And um, it's hard to go against uh, – Mahomes homes anytime but the Ravens are the first team in history to win eight games by at least 14 points over teams with winning records yeah. and they beat some good teams two of those were the Texans and they and then you know they smashed San Francisco Miami I'm not going against them uh, that defense that Mike McDonald's put together is is incredible they lead the league in rushing lead the league in uh, takeaways lead the league and uh, what's the others that's three first time in history a team's oh fewest points Mm -hmm. i think they're going to be hard to beat at mnt bank stadium so i'm going with the ravens by three
1: um john i'm looking at a tweet from ross tucker uh lost a couple close games so people don't look at them like this but if the ravens win the super bowl they should go down as one of the best teams in nfl history NFL record 11 wins versus teams with winning records. Nine wins by 14 points or more against teams with winning records. First team since the 96 Packers that have the number one scoring defense and a first-team all-pro quarterback. Third team ever to average 25-plus points per game and be number one in rushing offense, number one scoring defense. The other two, the undefeated Dolphins and the 85 Bears, are arguably two the two best teams of all time. So they're, they're right there in all sorts of different metrics. Um, And John, I'm, I'm (laughs) a week after probably spending the week leading up to the Texans game saying why Lamar Jackson, uh, like, Oh, I don't know. Playoff Lamar, this and that. I, I don't, I don't think this game is going to be particularly tight or close. I don't think it's a blowout by any means, but I especially think if the Ravens are able to get up in this game and get a lead in this game and they're able to pound the football and run the football, That defense of the Ravens is just such a different animal than the defense that Patrick Mahomes played last week against Buffalo. Um, That was a banged-up defense, an old defense. This one is, uh, I mean, a a defense with a bunch of young, good pieces on it. I mean, you mentioned the two linebackers. You mentioned Marlon Humphrey, who should be back. Kyle Hamilton is a first-team All-Pro safety. Uh, Justin Matabike is a second-team All-Pro nose tackle. Their role players on that defense are really, really good. Um, so I think I've, I've got the Ravens. I got the Ravens by 10 in this game. I'm going to say by 10, I'm going to go, I'll go, I'll go 27, 17 in this game. Ravens,
0: 27, 17. I think I'm going to pick 23 to 20.
1: There you go. All right. So we both got the Ravens. I've got them covering cause it's three and a half. You got the chiefs covering in that one. How about the NFC, John, the lions, a seven point underdog to the San Francisco 49ers.
0: It'd be a great story if the lions win this game. Um, uh, for their fans, one playoff victory since 57. Last time they won a championship, 57. I can imagine what they'd be scalping Super Bowl tickets for the Lions fans if they get in there. But I think the dream dies, even though they have great balance. 49ers feel like they should have gotten the Super Bowl last year and they lost their top three quarterbacks. Debo Samuel might 50%, which doesn't tell a squat. He might or might not play, and that would be a big blow. But they still got talent, good defense, good offensive line. And so I'm taking the 49ers by 10. I'm going to take them 30 to 20.
1: Yeah, that, I, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I, I don't feel strong enough to bet on it. The big difference for me in this game is Jared Goff with throwing with no pressure versus Jared Goff under pressure. He's a much different quarterback when you're able to – to, to get some heat on him. And I think that that's what the 49ers are built to do as a defense at that front seven is get heat on the quarterback um, with Chase Young and with Nick Bosa and with that interior defensive line, really good linebacking crew. Um, So I, uh, I, so I'm with you on that one. I'm probably, I'm going to say San Francisco, 31 and I'll go Lions 23. I'm going to go the same score the Lions beat the Bucks by, 31-23. I've got the Niners covering just by a tiny little bit in this game, but I think the difference will be – I think the Niners are going to force a couple Jared Goff mistakes in this game. Jared Goff, who's been dynamite this season and in the postseason so far, I think he I think he meets his ceiling here against the 49ers in that defense.
0: Two things he's got going for him is uh, he's played in that stadium a lot. He's been in a Super Bowl. been in a championship game, so he does – have experience, 2000 yard rushers, that helps. And I looked it up. Everybody's called it says, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown. I looked up on the internet the pronunciation, they call it Amon, um, uh, Amon St. Brown. Amonra okay. St. Brown, but he is a great receiver. He's a good example, and there are millions of them, as you know, Sean. Mm-hmm. Everybody says Texans ought to use their first pick on a receiver, second pick. You don't have to. Uh, he was a fourth round. Pick. and, of course, Dell's the third round, so there's some great talent on the field. If Detroit were to upset the 49ers, and I hope they don't because I like Kyle Shannon and all the former Texans people in the organization, but it'd be such a great story. Dan Campbell grew up. Uh, he was born 10 minutes from Waco, grew up 45 minutes from Waco in little towns, Go stay a and 10-year career, and never was a head coach. He was. It's weird. He's an interim coach, but not a head coach. Yeah. And uh, I think that is that is really unusual, but he's ever. I love Dan Campbell. I don't know who doesn't.
1: Do you do you know him, John, personally? Nope, do you, do I do know not him? know him. Okay, yeah, I mean he's uh, he's he's fun. He's a lot of fun. <laughs> you know that that's a that's, it's got to be a whole lot of fun to be a Detroit Lions fan right now. Yeah,
0: I know a lot of people that say, "Oh, he deserves to be coach of the year." They were supposed to win the division. They turned it around last year. Yeah. You know, the job he's done in regular season was really good, but it was expected. You know, picking him over a guy like D'Amico Ryans, who took a team from three to 10 and then 11 in the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, it, to me is just preposterous. And I think Kevin Stefanski is going to win that, and D'Amico is going to win a few a few because there's a lot, unfortunately. The official and the Associated Press, I'm to be Stefanski, but that won't take anything away of the incredible job D'Amico did and At some point, I believe, and I know you do too, we think at some point D'Amico will be the one everybody's talking about in the championship game for the first time here since 79 and then in a Super Bowl.
1: Yep, sooner rather than later. Absolutely. All right, John, Um, are you ready for some for real or fugazis?
0: I'm always ready.
1: Okay, we love for real or fugazis. So we do this each and every Thursday episode. I read a sentence to John, a series of them actually after each one. Uh, I ask him for real or Fugazi if he thinks that what I just read to him, the sentence is accurate. He says it is for real. If he thinks it is inaccurate, stupid, or just me being dumb, he says?
0: Fugazi.
1: Fugezy. It's Italian for counterfeit, fake. Well, Sean is dumb. Fugazi. Yeah, do your hand like that. Um, all right, John, here we go. I got a bunch of them today, so let's do it. Um, Will Anderson Jr. named as a replacement to the Pro Bowl for Max Crosby. So he'll be going to the Pro Bowl games. Uh, next week in Orlando, Florida, to represent the Houston Texans. John, for real or for Gazi, next year, Will Anderson will make the Pro Bowl, but not as a replacement, as a starter.
0: Oh, that's for real. I I did a column this week, and I asked him about it, and he didn't give me as good an answer as I was hoping to. Of course, it was about him. Looking back at Mario Williams and J.J. Watt, four-and-a-half and five-and-a-half and five and sacks as rookies, and then both of them, 14 for. Mario and 20.5 for uh JJ. So I expect Will Anderson to jump up into the double digits and and become a perennial double digit guy. And I think it's good because players vote as well as fans and coaches, and that's why I think it's ridiculous, but compared to the all-pro team. But I think for him to be out there participating in everything and making friends because hes we know he's such a likable, personable guy Mm -hmm. with a great personality, I think that'll set him up well next season.
1: Yeah. And, John, I don't think you're going to see anybody go more balls to the wall, hard to the hoop in these backyard barbecue games they play there than Will Anderson. (laughs) He's going to be pulling harder in that damn tug of war than any player we've ever seen.
0: (laughs) They have to tell the rookies, hey, take a chill pill
1: yeah ex- yeah exactly especially will all right john um jim harbaugh got hired by the los angeles chargers yesterday new five-year deal we know the chargers are star-crossed someone some might even say a cursed franchise with the way they've lost in the postseason and even some regular season games in recent years john jim harbaugh is a strong enough force to overcome the charger curse for real or fugazi
0: that's for real too John. he's He went to three championship games in a Super Bowl with the 49ers, um, got beat by his brother, and they play again next season. And he wore out his welcome because he's a royal pain in the butt and uh, for people to deal with. But I think based on the kind of improvement the 49ers made in his first season and the talent that they have out there, even though they're over the cap and they have some financial difficulties, when it comes to the cap, I think uh, some people may – Picked him to win the division. I wouldn't I'd take the Chiefs, of course, but I think the Chargers are back. It was a great move. Some point we'll hear that he got 20, 25 million a year, because one of the things, the taxes in Michigan are a lot different. The taxes in California Oof. and LA. So I had a longtime NFL contract negotiator say what he was being offered in Michigan, if it's true. Then he's gonna to have to say say to them, okay, this is what I would have made. This is what I would have made after taxes. So you're gonna to have to make up the difference. Yeah. So I'm that guessing that they did.
1: Okay. Well, that's uh and John, think about that division. You got Andy Reid, Sean Oof. Payton, and Jim Harbaugh. I wish Belichick had gotten offered the Raiders job. How great would that be? <laughs> Belichick and Antonio
0: Pierce, do you think he feels overwhelmed?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Sorry, Antonio Pierce. You're part of a Sesame Street meme now. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> all right, I got a few Texan ones for you, John. Are you ready? You got a few Texan for real or for Here we go. Um, John, we know Damian Pierce did not have the season we all hoped he would have. In fact, by the end of the year, he wasn't getting any offensive snaps for this team, even in blowout losses, not getting any offensive snaps. John, for real or for gazi, Damian Pierce has had his last regular season carry as a Houston Texan.
0: Okay, I think he's too talented. He showed that as a rookie. It was the system, and I remember Derrick Henry saying his biggest regret with the Titans was he didn't learn the zone scheme quicker, but once he did, his career took off, and I'm not saying comparing the two. I'm just talking about the zone scheme that Devin Singletary adjusted to quick, much more quickly than uh than Pierce, but I think Pierce is a good guy in the locker room. He doesn't cost him much money. I do think that, uh, in fact, I'll have a column uh, Friday on sportsradio610.com about the running game being the thing that has to get the most attention and show the most improvement, and I think they will be looking for another back. There's no guarantee Singletary will be back.
1: No, John, I, I could see them nuking the whole room, honestly, and you can make a case that that's the right thing to do, depending on who they bring in to backfill those guys um john if you're nick casario you get a phone call from somebody and they offer you a fourth round pick for damian pierce yes or no
0: fourth round pick i'd do it
1: yeah i would too i would too fifth round pick no okay so that's the that's the that's the breaking point for you right there that makes sense and i'd put, um,
0: i would put a condition in there if he
1: rushes for a thousand yards it's, it goes to a three. Ooh, look at that i like that john i like, I like little wrinkles like that um, all right. Next one. Um, we've not really seen nor heard much about Kenyon green over the course of the season. He's been off rehabbing injuries uh, in solitude. John for real or for gaze? Kenyon green will be the starting left guard for the Texans in week one next season.
0: Who boy, I'm gonna say for real. You got Juice Scruggs played left guard. They want him play center. You got Jarrett Patterson. He played center in place of Juice Scruggs after being a guard. He's gonna get every opportunity because he showed enough at A and M. Who moved him up and down the line for Nick Casario to take him, uh, take him, move up and take him. And so uh, he's he's. I think he's healthy. I know some people that have seen him out say he looks great. And uh, so you know, he's got a lot to prove and he got pushed around as a rookie. And then last year he was hurt and he got put on IR. He knows what people are saying about him. So I don't think he's going to be a washout because he just was too good for the Aggies. Maybe he is, but I think he'll get another chance.
1: Okay. I, I hope that's the case, John. If for no other reason then I don't need these Deshaun Watson picks that they got to not work out. I want every single one of them to work out for the Houston Texans. And that was a big one. That was the first one. Sean, the Um, thing
0: that I'm concerned about on that, uh, when he was drafted, it wasn't for the zone scheme. Yeah. And uh, Juice Grugs was drafted, traded up into the second round because they thought he could play that scheme, even though they anticipated him being a center. And he had some issues, but he also had some good games. So if they're healthy next year, they're going to have some talent in the line. The key is, does that talent play? The way it should. Mm-hmm. Uh and as Chris Strasser, you know, he hadn't played in that, he hadn't coached in that scheme. And Bobby Slowick said near the end of the season, and he'd done a really good job learning it. And I'm still wondering why I hired an offensive line coach who hadn't coached in that system. But you got to figure he may be better too in his second year of coaching that scheme.
1: Yeah, for that I think that's a that's a very fair point. All right, John, I got two more. Josh Hader. Build the Astros' biggest need this offseason. Money well spent, Jim Crane, for real or Fugazi?
0: Boy, um, I love, let me say, I'm trying to th- let me preface this. I love the signing. They're both okay. in now. You know Presley doesn't like it, even though he's saying he does. Right. And they were pretty good. Uh, now they, I'm, I'll say uh, for real because I like, the signing, what it signals that maybe since Crane uh, opened the vault, but it's still a five-year contract. Guys like Kyle Tucker, they want eight to ten years. But to me, I feel better about the possibility of signing Tucker to an extension, and I'm not sure what's going to happen to Altuve. He's not leaving. He's going to be, what, 35 yeah. next yeah. year? But uh, I think it's a good sign for what could come, and Hader, my God, he was great last year. He was great in the playoffs in 2022, even though he stunk it up during his last season, and after that trade, he was lights out. So it's they're going to be even better if they stay healthy than Dotel, Lidge, and Billy the Kid, who just got screwed by the Hall of yeah. Fame selection Committee. Hopefully he'll make it next year being five votes short.
1: Yeah, 5 votes short, but only one more chance to get in on the regular on the regular process. Um, you- single,
0: hang on one second, Sean. I'm yeah. sorry. Since we're talking about that, my favorite baseball writer, Jason Stark, did mm-hmm. a deep dive into the Hall of Fame, the guys that got in there this year, but uh, that was Todd Elton especially, and how other guys going into that last year of modern eligibility why they have 10 years i don't know we have 20 on pro football hall of fame selection committee and how many guys have increased by many more votes than billy wagner needs five and gotten in on that last year so jason and and all the i, I can't believe when all the points about wagner and what he did people look at it and how they could not Voting for the Hall of Fame, but Jason Stark and a lot of people are confident he'll get in next year. And of course, everybody in Houston is hoping that he will too.
1: I hope so. I, you know, John, I look at this. I mean, I'm a huge Billy Wagner fan. I was really disappointed he didn't get in the other day. I, I don't know for some reason what like the the the, the baseball Hall of Fame gatekeeper voting constituency for whatever reason, that corner of the sports world is one of the most annoying ones to me because of the nature of the baseball hall of fame where they factor in integrity and the guy's personality and things off the, field. I like the way you guys do it where it's like, how good a player was he? Like, that's it. Because you see things like Omar Vizquel, for example, Omar, he's not in the hall of fame, but he was bumping up the, the ladder each year with the number of votes. And I'm not a Vizquel fan. I'm going somewhere with this. He peaked out in, like, the 50% range somewhere a few years ago, and then all the news came out about some things he had done in retirement, but, like, bad things to, you know, like, to his wife or whatever. And now the votes are back down to 17%, you know, for Omar Vizquel, and I'm like, okay, I mean, the, the things he was being accused of were really, really bad, so... If somebody gets into the Hall of Fame and then if we find out after they're in the Hall of Fame like they beat their wife do we do, can we pull them out of the Hall of Fame at that? Like point? if
0: they murdered their wife and another guy?
1: Right, precisely, over a pair of sunglasses or something. Yes. Uh, yeah, in Brentwood, California. Right, right, exactly. Um so I and and maybe it's just cuz Bob Costas is the face of that whole constituency and Bob Costas has gotten more and more annoying the older he's gotten. I don't know why like that. I, and I'm, and the reason I bring this up, I'm bracing myself for Jose Altuve's candidacy 10 years from now or whenever it is, you know, Jose's probably got what five or six more years of baseball left in him at the most. And then he'll be eligible for the hall of fame in 2034 or something like that. I am bracing myself for that, John, because I'm not going to be able to handle the sanctimony of people punishing Jose Altuve for, uh, uh Marwin Gonzalez using a garbage can to to swing at pitches. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm bracing myself for this.
0: Hopefully the baseball writers of America voters will be much smarter than fans who who seem to attribute Altuve to all yeah. that it was proved he didn't do it,
1: but nobody yeah. wants to hear it we'll see anyways i say all that to say john i like you and your hall of fame cronies better than i like the baseball hall of fame
0: cronies well, one thing we communicate there's a, they got like 383 members At one point it was 440 you got it what amazes me is a lot of them will tell different outlets what their uh votes are going to be and so they tabulate they make predictions but a lot yeah. don't and uh we would never do that and right. uh, we're not supposed to do that yeah and i like it when it's a surprise i do but, too uh, But I don't like the way baseball does it, but uh, it gets them them a lot of attention at a time when they're not getting much.
1: Fair. All right, last one, John. I don't know if you saw this story about Britney Spears in Los Angeles. She's been banished from the Four Seasons Hotel in Los Angeles because apparently she just likes to dance around the pool naked there. Uh, What's wrong with that? John, for real or for gazey, Britney Spears is being persecuted.
0: Oh, that's for real. That's ridiculous. (laughs) They got topless areas at those – at those hotels, hey, and uh, and not that I would ever look, right. but uh, Britney Spears, I mean, that's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, let, she wants to dance around naked, let her dance around naked. She's still got what it.
0: Some guy's offended. Yeah. Oh, my God, I don't want to see Britney Spears naked, cover my eyes.
1: Yeah, now now, if you do want to see her naked, all you got to do is follow her on Instagram. She gets as close to naked on Instagram as you can get <laughs> without going to porn Instagram. <laughs> uh, John, I enjoyed this as always. What have people got going on? What can people find on sportsradio610.com from you?
0: I have a column that was uh, posted uh, on uh, Thursday about mm-hmm. uh, that I think Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson should – stay another year. They're not ready for the positions they're being interviewed for unless Gerard went to Cleveland and didn't call plays. And then he should, he will eventually call plays and I think he could be a head coach. And I've got one I'm doing Friday about the running game and the significance of improving it uh, and what they might do.
1: John, I enjoyed it as always.
0: Thank you very much, John. Have fun watching the games. Can't wait to see if we're right or wrong. And I will uh, do this again with you on Tuesday.
1: We'll chop it up next week. Absolutely. Big thanks to James Jackson, our producer, for getting the podcast out to all of you. We appreciate James, for sure, getting this out in a timely fashion. If you want to make sure you get it without having to go look for it, hit that subscribe button wherever it is you get your podcast, and it'll come to you automatically. We are still chopping out and cranking out episodes here in the offseason. Two per week now, three during the regular season and then two during the offseason. We are into the offseason now for the Texans. So if you want to send us an email, we do a mailbag on Tuesdays, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. So for James and John, I'm Sean. We are out of time. We will see all of you next week for another couple episodes of the Philadelphia Football Podcast. Until then, Enjoy the game and have a great weekend.